In this episode of The Sacred Word, I want to speak to you about one of my favorite texts, the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. Now, this translation is by Chip Hutramft. Now, Chip has created one of the best versions of the Yoga Sutras I think I've ever read. I've devoured this book many times. It's been everywhere. It's a bit filthy. I love his translation of this. Though there are other great translations by Georg Furstin, by Swami Satchitananda. There's many great translations. But I will use his translation today because it's very clear and precise. And I want to speak actually about the first four sutras of chapter one. So the first four sutras of chapter one, which are very important to understand to build a foundation of understanding yogic philosophy. That you know, a lot of people might practice hatha yoga and they think they're on the path of yoga, but they're actually not. You have to actually read the yoga sutras and you actually have to understand what the yoga sutras are talking about, what Patanjali is speaking about. Now, as I said, if you want to, if you're interested in more about the yoga sutras, then I suggest getting this translation from Chip Hartranft. Great translation, amazing commentary by Chip, amazing commentary. So to understand more about this text, let's have a look and unpack the first four sutras of chapter one in the Yoga Sutra. Now, the teachings of yoga. Yoga is to still the patterning of consciousness. Then pure awareness can abide in its very nature. Otherwise, awareness takes itself to be the patterns of consciousness. Super simple, right? Super simple. That's it. That's the four sutras. <laughs> All right, go home. Let's go. So, very simple, but precisely to the point. But if you don't understand what's being said here, then it'll be meaningless. Now, the first sutra, now the teachings of yoga. There's a few ways that you can actually interpret this. There's two ways precisely. The first way is kind of more of the general way, which is that now the study of yoga commences, or now the practice of yoga commences. So, you know, the beginning of the Yoga Sutras. And there's an esoteric understanding to this as well, where a lot of people believe Patanjali is saying now, in the present moment, right here, right now, is the practice of yoga, or is yoga. And when we're talking about yoga here, we're talking about yog which means the union of you with the, we could say the Purusha, the pure awareness, or, you know, call it whatever you, whatever you believe Ishvara will be. Ishvara may be, in some sense, what Ishvara, who Patanjali was referring to, may have been Shiva or Vishnu. No one can truly say, but what Yug is talking about here is a union with the divine. And we could say, he may be speaking about the union with Brahman, just the ultimate reality. So now in this present moment, we can understand the union with uh, our Purusha, with the Absolute. So those are the two ways you can understand that first sutra. Now, a lot of people just take the generic uh, approach, you know, now is the commencement of yoga. But other people like myself are a bit more romantic. We, we may say, you know, now in this present moment is the practice of yoga or is the understanding of yoga. Now, the understanding of yoga really begins in the second sutra. Now, a lot of people are probably familiar with the Sanskrit chitta vritti narota. Now, chitta means mind or consciousness. Vritti means the whirlpool or the turning. The whirlpool or the turning 
And Naruta means stilling or settling of the mind, the stilling or settling. So what is Chitta Vritti Naruta? Chitta Vritti Naruta basically is the settling or the stilling of the whirlpools of consciousness or the whirlpools of the mind. So as the second sutra said, yoga is to still the patterning of consciousness. So think about that. Yoga itself a lot of people don't understand this. A lot of people see people in the yoga studios and so forth and so on practicing, you know, hatha yoga and this and that. that. That's a limb of yoga, but yoga itself is the stealing of the mind, the stealing of the patterning of the mind. That's what it is. Now, why Patanjali says this is because if we don't steal the whirlpools of the mind, we cannot understand our pure nature, our pure awareness at the base of our existence we cannot understand that and that's why it leads into the third sutra which states that then pure awareness can abide in its nature so what it's saying here that pure awareness can abide in its nature pure awareness means purusha here purusha purusha is a core concept in yoga philosophy so once we go through that settling of the mind process then the pure awareness can abide in its nature so, for example, the, the pure awareness was caught in the whirlpools of the mind. Now, the whirlpools here are, in, are referring to Prakriti. Now, Prakriti we can translate as nature or all of the energy in the universe. This, this big whirlpool, this cosmic soup that our pure awareness, our Purusha, gets caught in and identifies with as a result. So... Prakriti, you need to understand, is not just all of the energy in the physical world. It's also the mental world. It's all of the mental activity we have going on within our mind. And all of that energy is like a great cosmic soup, which sucks our pure awareness into this Prakriti soup. And then we are caught and we are involved in all of this whirlpool, this whirlpool. We're stuck. We're spinning. We're turning around constantly. We're... You know, we're getting dizzy. We're going crazy. We're, we're, we're stuck in this cosmic soup, this cosmic whirlpool. And so when we go through Chitta Vritti Naroda, the pure awareness comes back into its nature. Now, pure awareness's nature is reflective and transparent. It's like water. Now, we need to use water as an analogy. Water is the best analogy here to, to explain yogic philosophy because when water is disturbed, you can't see into its nature. It's not reflective and it's not transparent. It's disturbed. There's turbulence and there's a lot of patterning. You see, patterning is a word they use in yoga. The patterns of consciousness, these things that are happening in our mind that constantly keep us in this cycle of samsara where we're constantly living out the same karma over and over and over and over and over again is because of this patterning of consciousness now the idea of yoga is to well you can't really smooth out water but it's to smooth out these ripples is to make the water or make your mind or your consciousness purely reflective and transparent and the point here is that when you make it reflective and transparent you can look right into the water you can look right into your nature that's the point of coming back into your pure awareness your purusha because you can see right into the core of your own existence and the core of your own existence is identical with everything else is identical with 
the entire universe and identical with we could say Brahman, but they don't use Brahman in the Yoga Sutras, but they use Ishvara. So we could say Ishvara, yeah, referring to Shiva or Vishnu as Brahman. So again, being identical with that. So, But we can only come to that stage when we go through Chitta Vritta Naroda and our pure awareness comes back into its pure, reflective and transparent nature so we can see the nature of who we truly are. And so the fourth sutra is kind of like a warning if you don't go through this process. And this kind of begins the next part of the Yoga Sutras, which I won't explain here because there's too much to go into. But the fourth one is like a warning. If you don't go through this process of Chitta Vritti Naroda and your pure awareness doesn't come back into its nature, then it will identify with the patterning of consciousness. So your awareness takes itself to be the patterning of consciousness. Now this builds the jiva, right? This builds the ego or the persona system when your purusha identifies with that. This is why the yogic philosophy is so beautiful. And this is why, you know, it's important to, to study yoga, Buddhism, and also Vedanta because these three traditions are more similar than you think. And learning from all three will give you a, a greater perspective of Eastern philosophy, especially Indian philosophy and Indic thought in general. And so, you know, studying those three, uh, very important, but sticking to yoga philosophy, as it says in the fourth, it's a warning shot. Once your awareness begins to identify with the whirlpools of your mind and the external world, then you are sucked out into this cosmic soup of Prakriti and you are caught in this world. And this is why people are behaving badly. This is why people are in conflict because they're identified with Prakriti. They're caught in this storm, this soup. And that's the nature of Prakriti. It's energy. It's all energy just mixing up and doing its thing, doing its thing. Where Purusha is purely reflective and transparent. It's completely still. That's the point. That's the point of yoga. The point of yoga is to come back to that Chitta Vritti Naroda. It's to go through that process. To go through that process of Chitta Vritti Naroda and come back into Purusha. Now, this is why, you know, I've, I've mentioned in a lot of my videos on yoga, this is why yoga itself is strict dualism. Because you have Purusha and you have Prakriti. There is a distinct gap. You, you need to make this gap. Once Purusha is commingled with Prakriti, then you are gone. You are, you know, you are a person who is basically consciously asleep and ignorant. But in yoga, there is a strict dualism where the, the Purusha awareness is not related to anything in nature. It is separate from anything in the world. It's kind of like the idea of Brahman when we say Brahman is, is beyond all qualities. It's the same, except in Vedanta, Brahman is also everything else. But it's, it's beyond all qualities. You know, there's a lot to go into on that. But in yoga, strict dualism, Purusha is completely separate from everything else. Prakriti is doing its thing. The idea of yoga is to disentangle Purusha from the tentacles of Prakriti and to reside in that pure awareness where the Prakriti will continue to go on and on and on and on, but you have found and abide in Purusha's true nature, which is reflective and transparent, and you are not possessed by your persona's qualities and its characteristics. Once you understand these first four sutras, in the Yoga Sutras, then it begins to 
he explained the process of how we can make this happen. Now, that's something I'll come back to in another episode and we'll explore a few other sutras. But first of all, when you want to get into yoga philosophy and you want to engage in the practice of yoga, you need to understand these first four sutras. You need to understand specifically Chitta Vritti Naroda and the differences between Prakriti and Purusha, which I explained to you today. So as I said earlier, I, I hope you all get a chance to read Chip Hartrand's translation and commentary, beautiful translation and commentary, but there are other great translations and commentary out there. As I said, I highly recommend Georg Furstens and also Swami Satchanandas. All three are beautiful translations and commentaries, and you'll get a lot out of them. And I highly recommend yoga philosophy. A lot of people get turned off of yoga because they see all of the materialistic yoga going on in the world, especially in the West, where you know a lot of people are practicing just hatha yoga or a half-baked hatha yoga. And people think, oh, I don't want to you know, hang around with that sort of crowd and so forth and so on. And I can sympathize with that. But what I'm speaking to you about today is yoga philosophy, the foundation of yoga, which if we look at it from a classical perspective, originates with Patanjali, but it could be a lot older and could go back to the Pashaputtas in the Shaiva tradition, which goes back even even longer than Patanjali. But nevertheless, that's, a, that's again, I'm going off track there, but it's really important to understand what yoga truly is. And you can understand that when you begin to understand Chitta Vritti Naroda and Prakriti, nature, and Purusha, the pure awareness, which is your true nature. Shanti, shanti, shanti.